you are at Founders FAQ, answers to all the possible questions of a founder. In my opinion, culture is not a thing you are able to build. So the culture is the is some of the all employees culture. So if you hire happy people, then you're going to have a, a happy company. Then if you hire really dedicated, self-motivated people to the company, then you're going to have a really motivated uh, company culture. Welcome to Founders FAQ. Today, my guest is Koray Bahar. Koray is co-founder and CEO of Figopara, which is a B2B solution for SMBs to arrange due dates of electronic invoices by many options. Previously, he was founder and CEO of Foriba, a compliance service provider for electronic invoicing, which was acquired by Sovos. Lastly, he is an active angel investor. Hi, Kurai. Welcome to Founders of AQ. Hi, Jeff. It's, it's really nice to have you at Founders of AQ. I'll, I'll ask a lot of questions on your journey, on your startups. My first question is, could you tell me about your story in the first place at Foriba and then Figo Para? Yeah, Foriba was one of the tech and compliance software company, the HQ based in Istanbul. And we were providing compliance enterprise software solutions to the large enterprises. So we have more than 17,000 customer base. More than 1,000 of them are the large enterprises. Uh, we have more than 500 multinational clients like Shell, Apple, Unilever, Uber, Amazon, and many others. And starting from, actually, we started our journey in 2010. There wasn't any legal obligation to use electronic invoice or electronic bookkeeping in Turkey. Then we were really lucky. Uh, starting from 2014, the government published a mandatory regulation for those regulations. Then we become the market leader in Turkey. Starting from 2018, we expand our operation more than eight different European Union countries, UK, Spain, Italy, and many others. Before we exit our business in 2019, we raised roughly $10 million from IFC, Revit Capital, and Endeavor Catalyst Fund. And as I said, last year, I exited that journey and started my new enterprise, which is Figo Para. Figo is a supply chain finance platform. The supply is able to discount their invoice and able to get their cash without waiting the payment due date. But on the other hand, the buyers are able to extend their payment terms or they're able to get some rebates through our platform. Till today, we discounted more than $120 million value of invoice and more than 3,000 SMEs and more than 10 different buyers using our platform. This is my short journey about my startups. Perfect. Most of the founders are asking a lot of questions on the exit process. Do you think, is there an exit mindset from day one or it all happens in the process? I think my person told about that. The, when you get a funding from a VC, you become a part of the journey. So at the end of the day, your, your investors need to cash out. So in, in a, some certain time periods, yes, you are going to think about someday you're going to exit your journey. Of course, this is not the always have to be, but at the end of the day, if you get a VC onboarded, then I think with a certain time, you're expecting to exit your journey. Actually, for my for you by experience, I didn't expect to exit in 2019. My personal actual expectation, it is at least three years, four years earlier than what I expect. But as I said, our first uh, investment round was at 2014, four million dollars, and 20, 2018 we raised six million dollars more. 
it was early for the second investors, but for the first investor, it was a good time to exit. Also for the founders, wise, me and my partners, I think it was a good timing for us because now we are able to focus our new journey. So because of that, yes, uh, it's some sort of the the exit is a head of the head of the on the road. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And while in the process, working with A plus team members is pretty important, and like keeping those A plus team members in the long run is another thing. So how did you do that? How 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 did you work with really outstanding people on your journey? And what do you recommend for founders to catch up like those A plus people on their for their teams? And what's the formula for this? I think the, the one of the best thing is the of course the employee stock option pools. The the SOPs are really helping to motivate the older team, especially for the key employees. So my my professional journey is quite funny because I was one of the the early employee of Foriba while I was a student. So I was a part-time employee in Foriba at 20, I think not 20, yeah, 2001. Then I become a full-time employee at 2005. Then I become one of the uh, key employee, Ahmed, my partner, that time he was my boss. So he gave me some shares. Then I used the same methodology for all of our key employees. And after the exit, everybody was really happy. Many of them are still in Foriba and supporting the solos to grow the uh, business. But on the other hand, I'm following the same path on my new journey. I think the, the stock is really key, but it is not enough. So if you don't have a if you don't have any strong culture in the company, even you provide lots of money, lots of stocks, it doesn't matter. I think the you have to find the proper key employees who believe the same problem as you are. Then it becomes a good, I think, the good success story. I get it. And on the culture side, what are your topics for the culture? It's pretty important because while uh, you're scaling the company, the culture can change a bit because a uh, team of ten people culture m- might be different. Like team of 500 so could you tell me about like your topics for the culture elements yeah i fully agree with you when we start focusing that regulation business in foriba we were roughly 25 or 30 employees then when we exit it was roughly 220 employees so all the stages are really really tough but in my opinion culture is not a thing you are able to build so the culture is the the sum of the all employees culture so if you hire happy people then you're going to have a a happy company then if you hire really dedicated self-motivated people uh, to the company then you're going to have a really motivated uh, company culture so we really work hard and i think we we really had a good time because we we know how to work hard and we know how to party hard it was really work working on, on our for venture so the culture as i said the, the total of employees culture so if you hire the right people in the team then you have the solid uh, culture if you somehow make a mistake and hire the wrong people to the team somehow the people in the team is eliminating that that I think the viruses. So I, I experienced this several times on Foriba. I think the, one of the toughest time in my Foriba venture when we were growing from hundred to two hundred roughly within twelve months. It was really hard time for me because before that I know the all the team members' names, girlfriends, boyfriends, 
if they have any problem with their family, I know all of those details. Then within 12 months, when we increase it 200, you're not able to even know the face of the employees. So it, it was really tough for me. And then we build lots of different methodologies, how we are able to know each other, because those new employees don't know our story, don't know what we did before, what's our aim. So we start bringing together all the new hires every month and making some sort of breakfast, uh, spend whole day with them. I, I, I'm now able to learn what they are doing, what were their background, and also they are able to know us, how we are becoming Foriba from one of the largest and best software companies. I get it. I get it. Perfect. And after the price run, the lead investor comes to your board. After some point, after Series A or Series B, you have to leverage those board members because it's kind of top-notch team of a founder. And if it's leveraged well, it's really helpful while scaling the company. So what do you suggest for founders, for those who are ready to scale their companies and who made some price runs and they have some board members inside the company? Yeah, I think the yeah the board is really important. Yeah, we are always saying that the, yeah, the smart money is the key. But in my opinion, if you found the money, especially in Turkey and the region, you have to get it. Then you're able to onboard the proper advisories, proper hiring to the team to grow the business. Of course, the, the VCs are really really great in Turkey and the and the region. But at the end of the day, you are doing the business. Your VC is not doing that. Of course, they are helping you to, to network, to reach the proper contacts. But at the end of the day, you build the product, you sell the product, you implement the product, you grow the business. You means the, the company and the team. So because of that, I I was really happy with my investors. They are still investors on Figo Para, the IFC World Bank and the Rebel Capital and Endeavor Catalyst. In my career path, I think the Endeavor has a really huge impact. I selected the Endeavor Entrepreneur in 2015 and the Endeavor Network and the people in the Endeavor ecosystem is helping me a lot to especially the growth as a founder and also grow my business all, all around the world. And after the exit, I become the board member of Endeavor Turkey. So it is a really good opportunity for me to give back to the ecosystem what I get from the last five years, six years from them. I get it. And on the fundraising side, what's the really right time to raise the money, especially for for the seed stage raising from VCs? And what are your checklists? Yes, this is a really right time. We can raise money. What do you say for this and what do you recommend for founders? Yeah, on Foriba, I think we were really lucky because we bootstrapped until the uh, the first round because we were doing some sort of uh, consulting the tailor-based software development business and we used that money to fund our the, the Foriba products, the for text and compliance. Then, but it, it was quite different on Figopara because on Figopara, we were not the pre-revenue, but we were burning the cash. So it was a quite a big change in my mind because even we get the investments from Revo in 2014, uh, we were really generating huge revenue, ABTA positive until the exits. It was the case. For the founders, I think whenever you prove the numbers for the traction, it could be number of customers, it could be revenue, it could be retention, whatever your businesses needs to prove. Whenever you have those numbers, you should go to the investors because the investment process is not a dot story. It's a line story. So you have to keep in touch with them. Then a month later, you are going to keep in touch with them again and providing an update. Say that, hey, last month I told you I'm going to have a thousand customers one month later. Yes, now I have 
thousand. Next month, I'm going to have three thousand. Then the third month, you call them back, say, "Hey, did you see? I I now I have three thousand thousand." So you should prove that you have some promises for the future, and then you deliver it. It is helping a lot to fundraising because the the that time period, the mass is able to know you more and how you're able to deliver, how you're able to pivot, and then. When you need the cash, when you knock their door, they're much easier to give the money to you because you prove with your historical numbers. I think in that point, I think it's good time to fundraise. And I think the, the fundraising is not is not a target. Fundraising is a, some sort of fuel to boost your growth. So if you have to, if you have some numbers to prove, yes, if I put hundred thousand dollar for marketing, then I get a, a, that kind of a growth. If you see that traction, then you should go and get and speed up speed up your I think the growth. I get it, and you're you're an investor as well. And uh, for founders, while reaching out to VCs, do you think the warm introductions are is the must or crystal clear cold blurbs are okay for you what do you recommend for it yeah personally i'm doing investments after the exits i think more than 12 or 13 investment i did last one and a half year so if i, I i'm investing two type two type of different i think the persona one of them the founders who know on my previous career. So I know those founders delivered really good. They have really strong passion. I'm investing mainly the, the teams. The second one, of course, from my network, from my Endeavor network, from my Delta Business Angels network, Angel Effect network, and many others network are providing me, feeding me many potential investment opportunities. I'm an enterprise software guy. I am a B2B guy. So I don't know B2C, I don't know game, I don't know many other verticals. So if there are any really valuable people who like to invest and who know that kind of industries, I like to follow them. So this is, I think, the general pattern, especially for the angel investment stages. Because if I know Ikar knows this business very well, if if Ikar has a really strong background about it, and if he'll like to put his money then of course I like to follow Ikea. And I think it works a lot. So for the early stage, I think the founders needs to go and find the proper potential leading investors who know their business. Then that investors become a magnet and everybody following that the leading investors. I think it's really valuable and it works really good in the in the region. I get it. And after the pandemic, such countries like Turkey, emerging countries, do you think is kind of a good point for, for the founders who start their businesses like in abroad because the Zoom investments are getting started? What do you suggest for founders living in countries such as Turkey? Yeah, I think there... Every two years, we have big crisis in Turkey. So the the main difference of this pandemic, I think, this is not a crisis started and finished. It's still, we are living in that crisis. And most probably next year, we are going to see the same pattern. Yes, it is good timing. And especially the Turkish effects is helping the enterprises to bring the engineering team, sales and marketing team located in Turkey, able to sell more and more to abroad. And I have lots of founder friends. They did it very well. The Foriba is one of that example. So we expanded from Turkey. And in the EU, only we had one employee. But in Turkey, we have more than 10, 20 Italian, Spain, Polish, British people working in our company in Turkey. There are lots of good talents. And we are really lucky. And relatively, it is cheaper to leave and cheaper to the pay the salaries in Turkey, if you're selling some um, goods or services to, to EU 
EMEA or whatever region. I think, yes, it is a good time to do it. And I agree with you. Many of my investments last couple of months, I did over Zoom. So I, I didn't even meet personally those founders. We met over the Zoom. And then we decided to invest. Also in my existing round in Figopara, we just closed $4.6 million round. And the, of course, the roughly half of them from myself and the existing shareholders, but the remaining are coming through the investors and we met many of them over the Zoom. I get it. Perfect. And my last question is the startup journey is ups and downs all, and you have to go up on those down times. And what are the top skills of a founder in this journey? What do you think for those kind of skills? Uh, I totally agree. I think not all... Not every month, every day, you have a roller coaster effect in the in the startup world. So I'm I'm really lucky because I'm really positive mindset. So I always somehow able to find the positive way out of any crisis. And I try to hire, and I, I believe one of the best thing I, I I can say in my old startup ventures. I think the I'm able to hire the positive people around my A team. So everybody. Of course, the crisis is, is, is really tough. You, you, you get down. But always, if you down, if you have a really strong employee or co-founder who is able to bring you up and, okay, this is done. Let's see what is next, how we are able to solve it, how we are able to go further. And if you focus, the, I think, the long way target, then uh, you are able to, okay, this is a crisis, but it's not that much big when we achieve the target. I think that's that's really important. If you see the feature, if you believe the feature of your business, all sort of crisis able to solve. And a startup journey is not a, a year or two year journey. So it's a really long run. You have to focus. So if you know that, if you believe the business, if your product is proven, if the market is proven, then you're able to figure out. And I, I can say that the last nine years on Foriba, every year we become a really different company. So when we start Start 30 employees, end up to 220 employees. When we start just 10 customers to 17,000 customers, all steps have different, I think, downs. But at the end of the day, if you believe it, if you have a really strong team, you're able to you're able to deliver anything. I get it. These are all my questions. Thank you for coming to Founders of AQ. It's really nice having you in here. Thank you for having me. It was a great to be with you on the podcast. Yeah. By the way, Founders FAQ is in pre-order and it covers the answers to all the possible questions of a founder in a startup journey, whether revealing life-saving principles for the startup survival path, building A-plus teams, creating an evolving machine, setting up a need culture, or interpreting the true path for the fundraising. You can pre-order it from foundersfaq.com and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.